This week on Writers Get Animated, we take a look at the office of the U.S. presidency and someone who's been in the news a lot lately. President Richard Nixon! Stay tuned! Good day and welcome to Writers Get Animated, a podcast about storytelling and animation and the sordid history of the U.S. presidency and animation. I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And I'm Chris Leva. Today we are talking all about politics. It's the thing that you're not supposed to talk about at dinner parties. But luckily, there is no food here, so we're good. <laughs> uh, your homework from last week is was to watch... The Simpsons Season 19, Episode 10, E. Pluribus Wiggum, and Futurama Season 2, Episode 3, Ahead in the Polls. Uh, because it's kind of like that late-night animation vibe, and a good fit for that, along with most things late-night, is politics. So why, 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 why do a politics episode, or specifically an election episode? That's a really good question. I'm still having second thoughts about doing this, to be honest. You, what, 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 what. I know it was my you, idea, but... Uh, you cast your vote. We are Brexiting. That's what's happening. Oh, no. Oh, Brexiting. Okay, so here, here's the thing. Politics in animation tends to go for, I guess as we're looking through it, it tends to go on parody and satire, and you don't really much see animated films playing it straight as far as politics goes, so to speak. You don't see them doing a polit political thriller or a real-life political story in there. Very, very rarely do you get something that delves into politics. You have the really cool Disney short film Ben and Me, which I is haven't a, seen that one. Which is about Benjamin Franklin and his best friend, a mouse, who helps him develop bifocals, among other things. That's not really political, though. But I'm talking about historical political figure. Okay. But it's not really... That's as close as we get to something. That's, and the fact that it's not even the story of a president or somebody like that, it's, you know, it shows just how far away we get. When we do talk about politics in animation, it tends to be satirical parody. And I mean, the whole, every time someone says the word filibuster, I think of the Animaniacs episode where Babs and Buster go to the Senate and they're like, filibuster, and they get a pump and they blow up Buster Bunny and like, see, filibuster. Mm. And it's a really terrible joke. And every time I hear it, Hear that word. That's all I can think of is fill a buster. I'm like, oh, you've damned me, Tiny Toons. And I said Animaniacs, <laughs> but I meant Tiny Toon Adventures. Okay. So now that I've lost some <laughs> credibility on the internet, let's continue with our conversation. Well, pol politics as a theme, I think, fits with the late night animation. And you see, like, occasionally, like, the the more kid-oriented, like, Disney Saturday morning cartoon or something geared to, like, we're having a class president election. Um, but that's a different kind of running for things. It's usually about friends and, like, telling the truth and all this good moral. <laughs> Whereas the late-night one can really, like, skewer the current political climate. And I don't think it's a fit for an animated film because, like, why do an animated version of an election movie? Like, there's not really a reason to make that an animated thing um and it's like not grandiose enough to stand on its own animation wise as a film so you can squeeze it into a couple like 22 minute episodes of the simpsons and futurama and the critic and family guy and uh oddly i can't think of an american dad episode about an election not that specifically about an election but the fact that he works for the cia does ship, add some politics in there a little bit more than usual yeah, yeah. So you get different vehicles for it. And it's it's topical. It's the, I don't know, I got nothing. Um, but at its core, and rewatching these episodes that you had for homework, um, I felt like I discovered a lot of things. Um, they seem to have a number of things in common. Um, voter apathy is a big topic. I don't know if it's 
necessarily based on real life or just like the the writer's feeling about things i think that's been there for a long time though the it's a old joke about the electorate not having an engagement in the political process at least this is all as we're talking to our listeners who might be in the uk and other nations around the world um, United States voters tend to be stereotypically apathetic towards the political process in their own country. In fiction, mostly. In fiction, mostly. I'm just saying yeah. that's been a the basic. If we talk about basic stereotypical jokes that are made about politics in animation, there's as you're saying the voter apathy. Mm-hmm. I mean, one thing that I think like really surprised me researching these is that the Simpsons episode E Pluribus Wiggum was banned for political issues, but not in the U.S. and Argentina. <laughs> right. For making that, fun of Perón. Right, and it was a it was a really risky joke to make. <laughs> it was a, it was a, I was put a put aback by that joke. Like, wow, that's wow. Yeah, when you disappeared, you stay disappeared. Like, oh, okay, ugh. It's like the equivalent of making a Holocaust joke in like a Germany episode. Yeah. Oh man. Like that's behind us now. Let's, <laughs> let's okay. <laughs> uh, we also to do tend to get the joke or not the trope, but playing with the idea of how one vote doesn't make a difference. Mm-hmm. One vote doesn't matter. Your vote doesn't matter is really what they're saying. When they say one vote doesn't make a difference is saying your vote doesn't make a difference. But, but that's an extension of because the candidates are the same. It doesn't matter right. who you vote for. I don't think it's as much like your vote doesn't matter. It's, it doesn't matter who you vote for. Well, I mean, those, there's two slashes to that. There is the I shouldn't have to vote or I don't need to vote because my vote won't tip the scale or matter in the grand scheme of things. What I do won't be the deciding factor. I guess everyone wants to be the deciding factor on who wins. Um, and then there's, as you were saying, the idea that candidates are all basically the same. So it doesn't really matter who's in charge. We're just going to end up with the same thing except red tie versus blue tie. Which, in my opinion, has not been true of any of the elections of, covered by any of the animation we're going to talk about today. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, but it's really interesting to see these criticisms coming out of these shows, uh, because in retrospect, watching these episodes, these are all like actual ideas espoused by the actual like electorate and media in the most recent election. So it's animation becomes her um, in real life. <laughs> then, so then we move from the generic jokes about elections to more specific jokes about specific presidents so less about here's what an election is like and you know we have the press and the press is making guesses about who's going to win and everything and now we get into specifics and how specific your joke is and i think they tend to go for the low-hanging fruit Mm -hmm. of bill clinton usually it's an easy target that's fascinating to me uh, I mean, the Simpsons have always had like a love to hate relationship with Bill Clinton. Like there's the classic. I was a pretty lousy president from like in the 90s. They had like a, a mock a mockery of him. Um, but it's fascinating to me that he's so easy to make fun of in these. But you don't really see the same shows tackling George W. Bush. Obviously, in at least Futurama's case, he wasn't president at the time of this episode we're talking about. Right. But it's like this, I was thinking about um, how you can make fun of someone you're okay with, but you want to escape from someone that you don't like. Right. And like, where's the scale of humor there? How do we tell that joke? How does that influence? I'm getting a little too philosophical now, but. No, I I think this is the question when you're you're depicting presidents, which the Futurama episode, and we'll talk specifically about it when we get into there, but. When the Futurama episode shows us specific presidents, you start to see how they're choosing to depict them. 
Mm-hmm. You're using certain presidential catchphrases. You're using the scandals, the things that anyone who knows anything about that president, the one thing that the person knows about the president, they will um, pick up on and you make a joke about that. You don't go any deeper than surface level to make they the s- joke. They skim over a few other presidents like we see in, well, I guess not really Simpsons. No, not I'm sticking back to their Gerald Ford episode. And, mm, he was more well known at the time. Yeah. Gerald Ford hanging out with um, Homer. Yeah. I was uh, laughing in the Futurama so because they had uh, Jimmy Carter's head have a line like, oh, Jimmy Carter looks so young. <laughs> As a head in the future. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> too much yeah it's it's pretty funny but the the other question is when you're when you're doing this sort of political humor are you doing i think i said equal opportunity satire are you giving it to both groups as you think of it both sides of the coin are, are you being equal in your parody and do you need to be? Do you need to, if you're writing these episodes, if you're telling these stories, are you needing to say, okay, well, we made a joke about them here. Now I need to make a joke about this side to wait, you know, to equalize it. Okay, now we make a joke over here. Now I have to make a joke about them. Now I have to. And are you trying to constantly watch those scales or is that something that you're not paying attention to? And I think if you're not paying attention to it, you may get called out on it in the current political climate of the world and the U.S. especially. I think you will get called out on not, not making fun of both sides equally. Yes, called out on, but sometimes in a beneficial way. Like what people know about the Simpsons in the year 2017 is the three minute Donald Trump shorts they've been producing and airing. Which are much better than the long foreign episodes that they have been releasing. Yeah, I'm I'm I will defend other seasons of Simpsons. I'm not sure that I'd defend season twenty eight. Um it's not done yet, but I don't know if I'd defend it. Um so many people are seeing these Trump shorts from The Simpsons. That's all they know about the Simpsons in the modern year. Uh and it's obviously not at all balanced in any way. No. And they haven't been in when they do the election ones, you know, with Homer voting in the voting booth, which is one of the more um, famous ones where they started doing the short form versions. Homer in the voting booth trying to make his vote and it kept getting voting for, um, who was it? I can't remember if it was Romney, where he kept just voting. It's like, no, I didn't want that. No, it's like, vote one vote for McCain. It's like, no, I didn't want to vote. Yes, you did. And then the machine kills him and... (laughs) <laughs> it just, and I think it's a start to a Treehouse of Horror episode, but it's it's interesting that on those they can, since it is influencing or it can be more immediate, I think is the word that I'm looking for, because generally with animation, you're working on this months, if not years, usually months, but in advance, you can't be topical yeah their shorts have a much quicker turnaround time and especially now with their like new technology not just hand drawing everything Mm -hmm. um they have a lot more options with that although it was also interesting to see them how long the simpsons have been making fun of a hillary clinton presidency for yeah like that's been in the cultural like vein to make fun of for a long time yeah I'm making a face. Our listeners can't see it, but I'm making yeah. a face. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's, so I don't think it's something that I'm not saying there's a right answer to the question, but that's a question that as a writer, you have to consider. Am I doing this? Am I being unbalanced? And am I do being unbalanced for effect? Am I, have I considered this? 
Not, what are the ramifications? Exactly. And, get called out on Twitter. And does it work for the story? Or am I using, yeah. am I being lazy and using easy jokes to get through and instead of asking a, a second or a third or a fourth question about how we're representing this or how you're yeah. portraying something? Especially if you don't make political jokes that often on your show, um, are they already stale by the time you make them? That's that's the big question. Or are they so stale, like Richard Nixon, that they're funny now? <laughs> right. Do you just take the... I think if you preserve uh, these Nixon jokes that Futurama is making in a pickle jar, and then it just has pickled, and now it opens it up, and it's just... It's fresh. It's fresh again somehow. I don't know how, but... Should we start with... Futurama, or should we start with The Simpsons? I feel like Futurama gets a little bit more of its knives in the meat, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, let's start with Futurama. Okay, so Futurama, head in the polls, early episode, for comparison to Simpsons, early episode of Futurama, season two, episode three, aired December 1999, before the famous... 2000 U.S. election, obviously. I think all the elections are famous now. Well, uh, this 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 was like the turning point. 2000. The, now, is, second most infamous election. Yeah, right. Mm. It's true. This 2016 different election. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, clearly, we've thought about um, how balanced we're going to be on Writers Get Animated, and we've decided to stick with our guns on our lack of balance. Um, and I don't like guns that much, but I'm going to stick to mine. <laughs> I'm going to stick to my lack of guns. <laughs> uh, what I appreciate about this future on episode is they did have a generic president of earth before this, which they had killed off in the first season and they need to replace him in the continuity. And that's one thing that Futurama was amazingly good at. And I think it's because of David X Cohen, which was continuity. Yes. Um, continuity. What was first president's name? Um, McNeil. President McNeil. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so magic. And of course, they've had the heads of presidents on before, but they really like go for the gold with all the president heads. Right. You can kind of see how much this is. This episode has aged a little bit, and it's not necessarily stale, but I feel like there's new missed opportunities in there. Like we talk about like low hanging fruit and what does the world know? And while in the head museum, they have Andrew Jackson's head in the background and never gets a line in the modern climate. More people know Andrew Jackson and it would be easy to make a couple Andrew Jackson jokes. Yes. You'd probably have different presidents say different things because you're trying to point out different aspects of the current culture that's what you're doing when you're doing this you're giving words to you're doing this in the future to comment on today with the voices of famous presidents but i also really enjoy how futurama is very retro futuristic and they've chosen nixon as like if we took the time in which this retro futurism of futurama style was created like in the mid-century Mm-hmm. Who would be president? Oh, Richard Nixon's still president, of course. I'll go with it. <laughs> um, and so they don't focus as much on more of the recent presidents. They do have like a, a Bill Clinton one-liner and a Jimmy Carter one-liner. Notably, no Reagan. Mm-hmm. He's in the background. We, um, do, we do get a George H. W. Bush because George W. Bush wasn't elected at this point. It's true. So... It's, it's just interesting who you see. It's a different time. And apparently, as you can get, the, the network didn't want Nixon because the kids won't know who he is. And one of the, <laughs> one of the writers said, we took him in a different direction, making him kind of a slimy jerk. So it's like we just, you know, we changed personalities of Nixon a little bit. But they do, they start off, 
and they kind of take the the carpet out from under your feet because they start off by like complimenting Nixon. They're like, "Oh, he opened relations with China." Like, okay, Futurama, you're gonna walk around like the the issues of Nixon and talk about the good things, but nope, nope, nope. We no, just you have to start with being respectful of the presidency because the office of the U.S. presidency begs people to be respectful towards those who are holding. Oh, I can't even finish it. I can't even. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying so hard. Oh, it demands a ridicule is what it is. But I think making fun of something is being more engaged than ignoring it. Yeah. And it causes dialogue. Insights dialogue? I like insights dialogue. It incites dialogue. It incites dialogue. Very violent. Um, and they get a bunch of good Nixon one-liners in there. There's the thing about the Watergate. If you've stayed here before, there's Bender with the tape. Uh, there's please, Mr. Nixon, we're appealing to your sense of decency and everybody laughing. Uh, they They take something that we know to be... They take a figure that I think, at the time, in 1999, every could, everyone could agree was probably the worst thing <laughs> that could happen <sighs> to the presidency. Such a simpler time. <laughs> I know. And, and they take that to its crazy ends on if somebody truly, like Nixon, had been simmering for hundreds of years in a jar <laughs> would the all the things that made Nixon Nixon would just become intensified based I've on gone crazy over the years <laughs> exactly he does have that line like, like it's and he does want to just kill children and feed them to, to, to the poor and some other words. It's like, what is he talking about? I love so, the lie detector scene during the debate. Yes. I think that's brilliant Futurama. I think it's brilliant Nixon. Yes. Would you take candy from baby? Well, I, uh, I, uh, in any case, I certainly wouldn't harm the child. <laughs> so let's look at the, the jokes that it starts making. Uh, the, it goes into the generic jokes. It grabs from that stockpile for a bit, going through the idea of political debates are boring. It makes that joke. I think this episode is ultimately about voter apathy by starting with that. It's saying, like, here's how things start. We, the, uh, what's it we're looking for? The beginning state is boring politics. Politics are boring. There's a political debate on. Quick, change the channel. My favorite gift that I get to use once every four years. <laughs> so there's that going on. Um, the, the characters are apathetic, and Leela is trying to get them to be more engaged in the political process because this is the future of the world. And in the future, the world is ruled by a president. So it's the president of Earth not just the United States. So enough, maybe after things like Brexit, somehow everyone joins back in together into one just Earthican, um, I would say, empire government. We won't debate how they got to that point, but just the Earth is one nation now. Right. Freedom, 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 oi. Freedom, 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 oi. Exactly. Um, the two candidates are Jack Johnson and John Jackson. Which Wait a minute. Is, they are clones of each other. And uh, th- that's the joke that they are actually clones <laughs> and share this. Just because the same D- they share the same DNA doesn't mean they have the same ideas, which gave a couple of well-phrased jokes about how you could have the same idea but phrase it differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's the Joy Futurama. Is, it's a sci-fi show, and it takes criticisms about the election and imagines them as true sci-fi facts. <laughs> the candidates are actually the same. 
and turns it onto its sci-fi head where they are this. <laughs> it's not just uh, a, a question of politics or ideology. It is a question of DNA because cloning can happen in the future, mm-hmm. in the year 3000. And this episode takes you on the whole journey of voter apathy by starting with disengaged voters who have nothing to do with the outcome of the contest and they see no reason to vote for one of two clones to this mid-episode adventure taking them all the way into like a private meeting with one of the candidates and having a personal vendetta as to why they should help him not get elected to it didn't make a difference in the end right because they forgot (laughs) well bender couldn't vote bender couldn't vote he's a convicted felon why? Because you're a robot? No, I'm a convicted felon. <laughs> and I think that was one of the best jokes that Nixon had gotten zero votes. So the humans were not voting for Nixon at all. And then the robot vote, where the robot polls are opening and the robot vote is in. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that joke. And the robot vote, and Nixon has won. <laughs> So, um, some of my favorite jokes from the episode was the vice president. They're getting ready for the the presidential debate. And then there's the sign that tells you what's happening tomorrow. And then tomorrow, vice presidential Yo Mama So Fat contest. (laughs) It's just like, that's the point of taking high-level jokes and low-level jokes and just making it, doing it what they do best and, and having both that way. I, that's the best kind of joke. (laughs) A a well-timed low art joke. I think think. some of the best Futurama Simpsons jokes, like are just those throwaways that let you imagine what it would actually be like. You don't need to see it because it would be funny to see. You'd see to know that it exists in this world. Right. And the idea that we have, um, what would be in The Simpsons something that would be the first act of a Simpsons episode, which is something that's unrelated to the story at hand, but somehow gets the characters to the at least the location they need to be for the real story to start. In Futurama, they have something that feels that way or begins to feel that way, until it ties itself into and becomes instrumental for the actual plot of the story. So we start to see um, these robots, and it comes out of nowhere, really, but the, the robots trapped in the mine, and then Bender realizing that his body, his titanium body, or 33 35% titanium body, is more prof is worth more. So he goes off and he sells his body. And now he's just a head carrying around a stack of cash, which is a great visual. So amazing. There's so many good visuals in this episode in terms of that, but you have this idea of great. Now this, we have this headless, not the head, this is bodiless bender with cash. How is this going to, connect to this other story that we've gotten, which is a presidential contest happening. And it all becomes a Nixon parody. And it all becomes it's a Nixon parody. Just the best of Futurama. It's a morality, it's a morality story about not voting. It is. It, it gets to that point of, see, Nixon won by one vote. If Fry or Leela had voted... There may have been, it was your two votes that were needed for somebody else. That is, of course, if they had voted for the same other person. I don't know if they had voted for John Jackson or Jack Johnson. And if the electoral system is still in play in the future Earth. It doesn't seem like it is. If he won by one (laughs) vote and got the presidency, he won the popular vote. So Uh, by by 3,000, I think the person who gets more votes actually you know, becomes the president. <laughs> Takes us a thousand years, but we'll get there. Yeah. Um, 
this episode, I think, contains... This is slightly off topic. One of my favorite background <laughs> Futurama characters. Who, like, never reaches the level of, like, Randy, the dance instructor, who gets featured in one episode eventually. But, like, Scoop Chang, Beijing Journal... It's just one of my favorite background Futurama characters. It's like, let's take the mid-century, like, reporter character who's just used to, like, answer questions like, Scoop Joe, New York Times. And instead in the future, like, what does the future look like? Um, he's from Beijing. Okay. Scoop Chang, Beijing Journal. <laughs> and he's in more than this, but I love Scoop Chang. <laughs> I mean, he does show up a lot. Which is funny that they have Scoop Chang, <laughs> but he never announces his name again. I don't think. But no, I don't think so. But he always has the question. And he's always there in in the pool of reporters. <laughs> but it is just, a ridiculous. It does look at the globalization of the world at that point. Scoop once Chang. you've seen as much Futurama as Chris and I have, you too will appreciate. You have your favorite background characters who actually don't ever get featured <laughs> now i want a scoop chang movie how did scoop chang become scoop chang the making of scoop chang uh i don't know um so as a counterpoint let's take a look at an episode that doesn't have an end it doesn't have a resolution to the election right so I'm trying to figure out what that's saying in Futurama, Nixon wins. In this one, we're left with a massive question mark. And so Simpsons E Pluribus Wiggum season 19. So one of the, oh my gosh, I was going to say later, but now it's like more towards the Mid. middle. Oh my gosh. They've, Almost they've, 10 years ago, Simpsons episode. They've made so many episodes. Oh, <laughs> This is only like 400 in. Oh, my goodness. Okay, um, so January 6th, 2008. So right around another election happening. So what has happened? I mean, like, well, we know what has happened, but like, let's think about the difference between 1999 and 2008, where we have a Futurama episode about the morality of not voting and then a Simpsons episode that is essentially ends on a challenge for you to go vote. It rewatching this episode. Now I really appreciate how much it pokes fun at the stereotype of the electorate being disinterested and dumb and easy to, um, lie to, but at the same time it portrays like a very smart electorate. Like this is an episode of the Simpsons that I think should be titled how I learned about bond issues. <laughs> <laughs> for anyone who's never cared about bond issues pointing at myself uh the simpsons does in like three lines explains to you what bond issues are and their opinion on them <laughs> it's not a good opinion on bond issues either so. it's not but it makes fun of like how dumb the electorate is but it has such smart jokes it tells you what the bond issues are it has the greatest homer simpson throwaway mind joke of all time think tank Mm. And right, and we go into <laughs> Homer's imagination to see him, and you you know what normally happens is Homer sees something and he gets it so wrong, like oh, flushing meadows or you know land of chocolate or whatever, and it goes into his mind, and you see his wrong misinterpretation of that thing, and he sees think tank, and like so, what do you th you see a meeting of people <laughs> actually in a think tank? And then you see him turn to his family as he comes back and they're all staring at him and it's <laughs> the best line, which is, what, I'm not allowed to get one right? So in retrospect, I think this episode is better because it shows how smart the Simpsons are and how engaged they are. But it's also, it's a challenge. It's, it's very much like it's a Brechtian alienation effect is what they're doing <laughs> by showing you how much more the Simpsons know about local politics than you do. <laughs> Well, the thing is, the Simpsons are very, as a family, they're very engaged because they're usually going to the council meetings. They're mm -hmm. going on every protest. They have their pitchforks at the ready and their torches. They're ready to go. Like the citizens of the Simpsons are very engaged in what's happening locally. 
they don't vote for the right people. I mean, Mayor Quimby's in office. He's been mayor for like 30 years. Almost, yeah, I didn't think that that could happen, but it has happened in Springfield, wherever that is. Which is a joke they make. Which is a Which joke. Which one? The one where Homer Simpsons lives. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh, I just had something to say. It's gone. Um, oh, and I just, I really appreciate in this episode how, like we talked about for Futurama, the Simpsons starts in one place and then gets the plot but it does it fairly quickly in this episode and it does it in like the most obtuse way. Springfield is not trying to be engaged or become the center of the election media circus, but they just want to move up their bond issues. They can vote and rebuild fast food row. So they move their primary to be the first in the nation. (laughs) Hmm. We didn't want to do this, but we want our fast food. Like, okay. And then that whole, the fast food thing is gone. It's done. Right. Like I said, it's, Usually the thing happens in order for a way to act as a roundabout catalyst to get the Simpsons where they need to be. So the stuff about Homer's diet that's starting today, like, oh my gosh, we're going here again. So Homer's diet starts today. So he decides to go on a bender, so to speak, to to all the different fast food restaurants of all the food he can no longer eat. And somehow causes, well, by throwing all of his car garbage into um, a Sideshow Mel trash can at Krusty Burger, uh, along with a leaking battery and having a cigar to celebrate, causes gas explosion that destroys fast food row, where all the fast food (laughs) restaurants in Springfield are. I would love it town that just had fast food restaurants all in the exact same location then no you wouldn't no i wouldn't really no no okay you'd get, you'd get tired of it okay so it gets destroyed <laughs> and that whole story is just a roundabout way for them as you were saying mckenzie to get them to move the primary they i don't know if which plot got decided first if they were going with, well, maybe Homer's getting off his diet and he causes the fast food things to blow up and then he wants to rebuild it and it was going to be an episode about them rebuilding it and then it turns into something better and Homer becomes like a fast food mogul or something like that. And they decided, no, let's take it this way. Or if they were like, well, we want to do this political thing, we need them to be part of the political hoopla what can happen so that way they can move the primary to be the first? I think it was probably the second one. Yeah. <laughs> and in in defense of Homer and his plot, it does sort of follow through in this episode where he decides that he's really sick of all the politics stuff and he's really sorry he brought this on the town. And so he convinces everyone to write in the most ridiculous candidate they could think of. Who is? Chief Wiggum? No, but close. And so everyone writes in Ralph Wiggum. And this is where this episode gets very, very prescient. (laughs) (laughs) With oddly topical Hillary Clinton campaign jokes. (laughs) With oddly topical one-liners. And Ralph Wiggum is unintentionally and before his time a stand-in for Donald Trump. I don't know how it happened. But it happened, and I coughed. When it when it happened, I actually was like, oh, oh, oh. Like, I, I wasn't eating anything or drinking anything, and it made I was me eating. choke. You were eating? And I you- was eating my 2017 kale and lemon juice salad and <laughs> choked on a 2008 Simpsons joke. <laughs> They're just using you, Ralph. No, I'm using them. I want to make America great again. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I so, did make... they just go there did they just go there unintentionally yeah ralph wiggum says i want to make this country great again <laughs> <laughs> oh man <sighs> little did we know which kind of harkens back to another politics episode we briefly talked about in our episode of this podcast about the critic all the duke's men if you want to talk another election year that's about the 96 election 
Right. Where Duke runs for president and is a New York media billionaire, millionaire at the time. Uh, here we are again. Apparently, we've just all the late night comedies been pointing us in a direction we didn't want to go. And it got us there eventually. It's, Accidentally. It's, it's, it's almost like. Oh, I don't know. They, they wished on a monkey paw. And it's all about this monkey paw thing. I guess I like am. The past five episodes of our podcast <laughs> has been monkey's paw references. I, I'm sorry. I must have one on the brain. Is that our new thing? I don't. I hope. Paw? Are we I out of monkey's paws yet? No. <laughs> I have another one in my back pocket. I just. The, this is interesting. And the the thing that, that comes in is they don't. They, they do show one past president, which is. Bill Clinton, but only using Bill Clinton as a surrogate for Hillary Clinton, who was running at the time. So they use him as a Hillary to make a bad joke about what did I ever do to you. That is making fun of Bill again. The Simpsons will just kick Bill Clinton when he's down the whole time. And then um, doing things like making fun of the making going back to their joke on the Republican party. Cause they've had since the B since Steve Gutenberg was a thing, <laughs> they had the Republican party as an entity <laughs> with their headquarters, with their headquarters. Uh, so magnificent. And then I know they had our, then they bring up the, Democratic Party, because I guess they want to, you know, make go show both sides going after trying to court Ralph, because Ralph at this point hasn't stated which party he's with. But they have the Republican Party of rich people and evil people in this lair. Yeah, it's like on a cliffside. There's a thunderstorm. It's like a giant cement brutalist building. And then you have the Democratic Party meeting, which is happening in a Trader Joe's knockoff grocery store. With Julio. With Julio, the the gay Latino, um, leading the meeting. And you also have Bumblebee Man. And and, their version of Ariana Huffington. And it's like, okay, what what is happening here? Like... (laughs) (laughs) It's balanced. They're going for a, like, they're, the scales are not tipped here. They, I know they were trying to go for balance, but I was just like, that's what you think? <laughs> that's the joke to make? I guess. I, I mean, they get more, I think there's more generic Republican Party jokes in here with the Republican Party HQ, but there's more specific Democratic jokes with Bill Clinton being in there so many times. Right. So, I don't know. I felt like they were trying to be balanced here, just kind of challenging the voters to think and as they say after like the parties are courting ralph lisa goes up to marge and says mom this is terrible they're taking ralph's candidacy seriously and marge says you have to have faith in the common voter to which homer and bart come in going ralph 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 (laughs) again prescient too prescient (laughs) i and then it ends with and I didn't realize this was the end. I didn't remember this being the ending to the episode because I, I thought it, it moves so fast. The, the pacing on this episode moves so fast that by the time you get to Ralph's candidacy, it feels like 10 minutes of episode. And I think it's because they've crammed in just so much. It mm-hmm. just moves quick. There's no lull in this episode i mean the the one thing that you possibly could have cut was the um the old man co-worker talking about hang gliding to mr burns yeah that 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 one joke in the beginning probably could have gone and you could have shoved in some more stuff but it ends with a a political ad for ralph's campaign compassion curious 
These are all words that Ralph Wiggum doesn't know. <laughs> I'm Alf- Ralph Wiggum, and I've been a good boy. Credits. I remember as a, as a kid, I really hated the end of this episode. Like, I didn't like it at all, and it kind of tainted my view of this episode for a long time. And I'm glad we, we, we re-watched this, because I think viewing it as an adult, it's a lot better. And yeah. it's a lot more oddly topical now. Um, there's a lot in this episode and it has some pacing issues with how much they've tried to put in as you've called yeah. out. Even with Jon Stewart. I mean, Jon Stewart's I, in there. I don't know why Jon Stewart's in here. He's not even funny in this episode. I like Jon Stewart as an idea. Um, Krusty was funny. Yeah, Krusty was funny, which doesn't always happen for Krusty. Right. <laughs> Krusty trying to steal a joke from Jon Stewart. And the place with all the hot air is... <laughs> Where was that again? Uh, so I don't know. I, I think... What, I think re-watching these old political ones, I think they're much better, as you were saying, in retrospect. I think because they can't be forward-looking, because... They're going before the event that they're talking about. They're going before the event that they're trying to comment on. But they can't really talk about that thing or say who wins or do it in a certain way because they don't know the outcome of the particular thing that they're actually writing about. They don't know who's going to win in 2008. You know, there was no talk of a certain senator from Illinois... Yeah, there's oddly no Barack Obama in this episode at all. Zero. There were two mentions, two extended mentions of Hillary Clinton and none about um, the future president. Well, I think or, we forget that even in 2008, like it, it was a lot like the whole Clinton and Bernie Sanders thing in this past election cycle. Like Barack Obama was an outsider and he did get the nomination. Mm-hmm. He wasn't as much of an outsider as Bernie Sanders. But, like, it was a lot of the same story happening that year. Right. I was out of the country, so I don't remember most of that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think it's, it's interesting to go back and look at them now, knowing what we know now. I think they're better in hindsight. I think these political episodes are better in hindsight for what they get right and what they get wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think the more that they... It shows their innocence in a way, and it, it, it defangs them and makes them funnier. Because if they're trying to make a statement at the time when something's going on, it feels forced. But if you're making a comment about something overall that's already happened, it, it feels a little better. I think it's, I think the writing for satire and parody is usually better looking backwards instead of trying to make fun of something that's either in progress or, you know, where it, where you are going. I don't like political satire or some satire that draws a conclusion and makes a statement on where things will end up. Mm-hmm. I, w- I always like them commenting on the recent past and where things are going. So then what do you think of the modern Simpsons Donald Trump shorts that have been airing, which are very much in the moment and rooted in modern events and commenting on current things? I like them because they're they're commenting on jokes. Let me say this. They're, they're playing with things that have just recently happening, but they're the recent past. They're not, I think in one, one joke they made about Spicer <laughs> that they talked about like a possible future occurrence thing, but they're usually going with a joke based on something that just recently happened as mm-hmm. opposed to commenting on something that's going to happen. Like, it's not like they're showing the president tweeting from 
Azkaban or something. You know, they're not they're not making that kind of joke. They're they're showing the current state with comments on what's happened recently in the recent past. Okay. If that makes sense. I agree and disagree because I think a lot of the background stuff are comments on where it's where going. Think, like, yeah, they show. I think in the most recent one, they show him in bed, like reading Mein Kampf. Yes, they do. <laughs> but that's been a but that's been a joke from the beginning of the um, candidacy. Candidacy. Mm-hmm. So that's that's been something that people have been drawing connections to. Oh, okay. I just stopped myself. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> Getting a little too unbalanced there. Uh, just I was slightly. Okay. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say as if there would be any books. <laughs> mm, yeah too real um so chris what is your favorite thing from animation of the 2000 or 2008 or 1996 or 2016 election <laughs> my favorite thing is a line that was a real throwaway line from homer it made me laugh um which was <laughs> i think it's mostly the phrasing which i d- what I did made the TV thing happen. <laughs> yeah, it's a very Homer thing to say. Oh, I just love that line. What about for you? Uh, I think I'm going to stick with just the the right off the bat wit and wordplay of quick. There's a political debate on change the channel. That's what Fry said when we turned on the political debate. Oh, <laughs> uh, goodness. So next time, we're talking about one of my favorite things overall. Not an animation world, but just a general thing that I like. Hellboy. Um, In honor of Hellboy creator Mike Mignola recently announcing they're rebooting the Hellboy film franchise. Not as animation. But we're going to talk about the little-known Hellboy animated movie, Hellboy Storm of Swords. Um, So please watch that for next time. Um, We're going to completely get off politics and into, like, fantastical... I guess not off because we're still talking about Nazis. I said it. <laughs> Too far. If you listen to the end of this episode, there you go. <laughs> uh, too much. Um, as always, thank you to our engineer, Nigel Cotino, and to Jacob Reed for the music. I'm going to shut up now. And thank you to all of our <laughs> listeners who are still with us and who made it to the end of this episode and who hopefully make it to the beginning of the next one. Keep listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Stitcher. If you use Overcast, which I love that app. It's a fun app to listen to. We're, we're everywhere. On whatever, on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts, there shall you find Writers Get Animated. So tweet at us on Twitter at WG Animated. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash WG Animated. And check out show notes and clips. We'll probably put links to the Simpsons, Trump shorts, and any other things that we can find on our Tumblr, writersgetanimated.tumblr.com. Leave a comment. Let us know what you enjoyed. I said I was going to shut up. I'm staying shut up. Oh, okay. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Haroon!